It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. You know what I've been thinking about lately? The word final. When do we determine when something is just over? Or when we just decide to give up? Or not spend any more time trying to fix? Or help ourselves? Or help somebody else that we've been trying to aid? When do we throw in the towel? And I'm not talking about just relationships. I'm talking about life in general. Depression. Wow. I mean, it's a true debilitating disease. And there are many of us that suffer from it. I'm no doctor, but I do recognize signs. I see signs in myself, for goodness sake. And I'm sure I could see signs in you. You may be the most positive person in the world. You may be the one with a smile on her face all day long. You may be the answerer to all questions when it comes to your children, your friends, your co-workers, your husband. And then in the middle of the night, you might wake up because inside you know it's just too much to handle. You can't fix it all. You can't be the strong one all the time. What do you do? To prevent burnout, the crash, the drop. How long can we continue to pretend that everything's okay? How many times do we have to pick ourselves up and brush ourselves off? Just tell me how many times. What method do you use? I'll pick up a paintbrush, a canvas. When I've had enough of the world, and the things that surround me and envelop me and seem to swallow me, that's what I'll do. Or I'll sit down and I'll talk to you. Because I really would love to know what you do as a release. It's very difficult to play that role all day long. I feel at times that I've been playing this role my whole life. Having to be the one to be the mediator between my parents as a young girl the mediator between my sister and my father, my mother and my sister, trying to pick sides for basketball. <laughs> what group of friends do I have to appease to be able to fit in here or have someone fit in there with me? Marriage. Why was I the one and why were you the one that had to constantly make all the decisions even though we had to pretend that we let our husbands make the decisions? Why did we have to bow down to our children to keep peace in the family because we were afraid they may pick up, pack up, and leave? It's just too much. When do we allow our other half to dictate to us that no, we are not in need of therapy? We'll work things out when we're good and ready, when the time is right. We have to sit back and wait for the other person to make the fix? I don't think so. I think that we've all done that. There is no perfect relationship. There is no perfect life. There's no perfect anything. Our children are not perfect, so wipe that out of your head right now. Let's be real here. And what about illness? Why is it that some of us are so strong and the pretenders, for lack of better words, and we are the ones that get hit big time with a big frickin' illness. Why? 
Have you been diagnosed with something lately that you just didn't see coming? Just like a slap across the face that knocked you to the ground? Have you ever had that feeling of not having any control at that point because it's within your body and it's science or genetics? And what are you, a doctor now? You're going to hang a shingle outside that says, oh, I now can fix my insides as well as my outsides, as well as the rest of the world. No, there just comes a point where, yeah, we might get knocked down by this disease, whatever type might hit you. And yes, we might stand back up and fight back and give it a one-two punch. I mean, maybe three or four times and we might win. And we feel so proud of ourselves. And we look around and we notice that not too many people helped us. Yes, emotionally, people would say things that they thought were the right things to say. There were a handful of people that really did know the right things to say. And very few that were able to really do anything to make a difference. Not being their fault. Not that we were looking for something they couldn't give us. Because there is nothing that anybody can do for you or me if hit by cancer or a heart attack or a stroke. We have to figure it out again. Again. It's exhausting. And what's even worse is when you see one of your children get hit by a disease. What can you possibly do besides guide and steer and be strong, and tell them to fight, and and be a warrior, and you can make it, and we're going to help you, and we're going to get you through this. And by the time you're all done picking your child's little pieces up off the ground and making her or him whole again, you are spent, and you pray. Let's not forget that. Yes, we pray. We get to the point where we pray so hard we don't even know if praying counts anymore. We just don't know. We have no answers. We watch our child get better. Our husband maybe heal from a heart attack. One of our relatives, one of our best friends, mend because we prayed, because we were there for them. We would say encouraging words. We wouldn't say stupid things. Oh, it'll be okay. Oh, your child is sick, but thank God you have two or three more. You know, people think they're saying the right things, but they are just stupid as shit sometimes. And, you know, we fall into the same category once in a blue moon. Oh, you lost your baby. Well, you're only 42. You could still have another one. Wow. I mean, I've heard all of these things from people that I thought I knew. I've lost babies. In first trimesters, I've lost babies in the last trimester. I've almost lost a child to an accident while cutting her wrist by closing a door and slicing it with the window. You know, you find yourself with your children as they're growing up, even as they're young adults. We're still responsible for them, even though they insist they're responsible for themselves. We still own the reins. We don't want to. We just can't let go. Because what if something horrible happens to your child, like a disease? They're going to want you to still hold on to at least one of the reins. And that's what I did with my daughter. You know, I've already told you she's been sick. She had 16 rounds of chemo. We held her hands. We talked her through it. 
I flew in, I flew out. We helped, we maintained. We bit back when she said nasty things because we knew she wouldn't remember them. <laughs> the next day, we watched chemo brains set in. We watched her have surgery, double mastectomy. We built up her spirits. That's what we're there for as parents and her siblings and your kids will do for each other. There's nothing that we can do except for help them make doctor's appointments, set them on the right track, tell them to be proactive, as we've done for ourselves. And then when we finally have a lull, you know, think about this in your lifetime. When was the last time you had a lull? And even if you are an empty nester and you sit at home and you do crossword puzzles or you knit, that to me is not a lull. That is filling a gap, filling a void that you are trying to avoid. <laughs> filling a void you're trying to avoid. That's called depression. It's not called, oh, I'm happy doing nothing. There is no such thing. You can do that for one day and get away with that. But come on. It's time to get out in the real world on your own, if you are, and embrace it. Don't avoid it. Don't expect that this is the way things are supposed to be. They're not. And if your child was sick and gets better, yes, go celebrate. If you want to take a day to relax and just say, whoa, that was tough, do it. Take a week. But you know, eventually you got to pay the piper, as I always say. You've got to recognize that you might stand the chance of being depressed from all of the nonsense that's gone on in your life. And now I'm at that point. I'm speaking selfishly. I have seen my daughter through the worst of her disease. I have seen myself through what I thought was the worst of my ovarian cancer disease. Four times I've been in remission, two times for 20 months at a time. But after all is said and done, and I'm finally breathing a sigh of relief, I'm almost happy because now she's in the last stages where she just has to go through radiation, which is not meant to make radiation into something less than it is because I know many women suffer from it. But what I've seen her go through with chemo and what I went through with chemo and the fact that she had both of her breasts removed at the age of 29 and reconstructive surgery, when I say that radiation is the only thing left, I don't mean to say that lightly. I mean to say she's been through the brunt of it. And I'm ready now. And we're about to embark upon a cruise. She and I are taking a cruise. And the way it was set up was before she starts radiation, mommy is taking her on a cruise to the Caribbean. And it's just the two of us. And we're going to have a blast. And her hair is starting to grow back. And she's feeling strong, stronger. She calls herself a warrior. She knows what's coming. And she knows it's nowhere near as bad as what she's been through. And then I went from my labs, which I normally do every six weeks. I pushed them to two months this time because the doctor said it was the right thing to do. And I agreed. Why live from six weeks to six weeks? It's exhausting to feel like a ping pong ball, not knowing if you're going to live or die. And I got my labs back and God damn it, my cancer is back. I mean, really, when I say what the fuck, 
Who deserves to be able to say that more than me? Is there ever a lull allowed for me in my life? And yes, I'm being selfish right now. It's all about me as I tell this story. So here I sit. I found out last week I have to go not only to have chemo the week. When I say week, like today or tomorrow, I start chemo. I'm on the cruise this Saturday. I don't know how I'm going to feel while I'm on that cruise, but I can't wait on chemo because it's a lot worse this time. And they're saying there might be something on my spine, which means I have to have another MRI and radiation. Obviously, that will wait till after the cruise, but it's like, give me a break already. Thank God I have a 36 by 48 canvas just waiting to be painted in the garage with all kinds of sprinkles and sparkles and gold and silver and acrylics and oils. And I am just going to blast the shit out of that canvas. Like, seriously, it's going to be a work of art. (laughs) This will be my piece that I have to really decide who am I going to leave it to out of my five children. But this is my point. I sometimes veer off, but I always come back. As strong as I feel and as much as an example as I want to set for my children, who all stand the chance of inheriting this disease, ovarian cancer or breast cancer, I've got to stay strong in front of them, face to face, and never let them know that I'm wilting on the inside because I don't know how much more I've got left. I don't know the density of strength I've got left inside my body to keep my shoulders back. I don't know how much I've got in my brain that's going to allow me to live through this. Emotions play a big part in survival, and I'm tired. I'm really tired. Yes, this is a weak moment. One of my kids came in to see me. She's staying here now. She's out of the house. I pray at the gym while I'm recording this, and um, I would never, ever let her hear this or any of them know that I'm even thinking this. I'm only talking to you. And yes, this might just be a weak moment, and in 10 minutes I might feel like a different person, but, you know, I feel like every once in a while I just have to admit the truth to somebody. I'm not as strong as I come off as. And now it's just that moment. She'll walk in the door 20 minutes from now, and this little hissy fit of mine is all going to be over. But I do have moments, and I bet you do too, where you just don't feel strong enough to handle things anymore. And yet we do. That's why when I hear about somebody who commits suicide, I almost, almost can understand it once in a while. They're just too tired to go on. I, people say you can't commit suicide unless you have the strength to pull it off. Well, I think that's backwards. I just think you reach a point where it doesn't matter anymore. Anything you try to do, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a win-win situation. You are always lost, always confused, always left behind, and always left alone. Even with a group of a hundred people, you feel alone. So please look at your friend the one you think is your best friend. Look closely at that person and make sure that it's not a facade. Make sure they're not depressed. Talk about it and let yourself talk to your friend because I'd hate to lose you or your friend 
because we were too afraid to open up and share. Now I'm going to get back to work, and I'm still waiting for the hospital to call to tell me what day coming in for chemo, what day I'm coming in for the second MRI, while I'm packing to go on my cruise with my daughter, who most definitely is deserving of this cruise. And I wouldn't ruin it for her for the world. So there you have it. I'll let you know as things progress, and I'm not going anywhere. I just, like I said, had a moment of weakness, just like you do. I just happen to admit it. And anytime that you would like to talk to me, email me, robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com. Pick up my book on my website. When you're depressed, you might read the book and there might be something in there that'll just make you laugh out loud, honest to God. And then there might be something in there that'll make you relate or make you cry, but a different kind of tear. Read my blogs, subscribe to my podcast, Sugar Mom. Just click the subscribe button. Listen, you got to find out that I'm still alive next week. So subscribe. And if nothing shows up, you need to get in touch with me or call the police. Something. I mean, we're friends. My website is sugarmom.net. Robin Marshall, sugarmom at gmail.com. Subscribe at Sugar Mom by Robin Marshall on iTunes or any podcast platform. And thank you. Oh, thank you for letting me unwind, breathe out, and release some of what was pent up inside. Now we can only pray that my daughter and I don't fall overboard from both of us having too much chemo in our systems in our lifetimes. That's another reason you need to check in next week. Make sure I'm still here. (laughs) Tomorrow's another day. (laughs) It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom.